for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Have you got your books here? I'm going to go around and check who's not got one. Good. So we'll be, we'll be, we'll be studying from, um, from page 18 today. And the title is Stop and Read the Word. Amen. Before we go into that, I've got two things to do quickly. Um, there's somebody here. God said I should tell you, I should just read the scripture to you actually. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a designer of the thoughts and intent of the heart. What God is saying is, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what God has been telling you. I don't know what questions you're asking God. But it says to tell you, his word is quick and powerful. It comes at the appropriate time. There's another one here. Um, God says to tell you to keep at it. It says you're exactly where I want you to be. Keep building. You have the required tools already. You are within my purpose. Keep building. I have brought you here to take you to my destination for you. Keep building. Amen. That's one thing done. Then we can go to the word today, which is um, stop and read the word. Now we're going through this series about discipleship, which is learning to live like Jesus. Now, most of the time when we hear about discipleship, we think we're trying to clone other people to look like that person. No, that's not the discipleship. We're not trying to clone people, but then to go after the precept, after the ways of the higher person. And not that you become my disciple, but become the disciple of Jesus. Amen. And that is what we're trying to do. Now, um, Jesus was talking to some people in John chapter 5, I think it was, and they accused him of healing someone on a Sabbath day. And he said, why have you done this? You know our culture, you know our traditions. You're not supposed to heal somebody on a Sabbath day. And Jesus was trying to explain to them, can you choose which is greater for this guy to be healed or for him to stay in pain? But when he got to verse 39 of John chapter 5, he said to them, you consider the scripture as the source for eternal life. But you have failed to realize that the scripture talks about me, Jesus. And that is why I want to start from there. That um, let us all submit to the fact that the scripture, the entire scripture, talks about Jesus. And how does he do it? Let's go to the beginning. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. 
And it says the earth was without form. It was void. It took time to tell us about the earth. It says the earth was without form. And darkness overs on the surface of the deep. And it says the spirit of God was just flowing on that same surface of the deep. Then God said, let there be light. That's in verse 3 of 8. Let's stop there. God said, let there be light. The word of God went forth. Let there be light. That was what God said. Now, if we fast forward to John chapter 1, from verse 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, Genesis was the word. The the word was with God. And it says nothing was made that was made without the word. I would like to read that place. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness cannot comprehend it. So that when we talk about the word of God, we're talking about Jesus, who has been from the beginning, and is still here today. And it says somewhere in the Bible that the word I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The word, spirit, and they are life. Have I got anything on the slides there before I forget? Yes, so I started by saying stop and search. Know you're right. Because I think we have really, um, some of us, we do shortchange ourselves by not knowing what the scripture says about us. It's good to, so, to stop and uh, to begin to know our rights. Now, talking about the word, there are two of them from the Greek perspective. There is the logos and there is the rema. Those are Greek words. Logos is the written word as we have it in the Bible. It's called logos. It's the written word. While the rema is the spoken word, the word that's got life in it. So the Bible says the letter kill it and the spirit gives life. The word is not useful being in the book. And we can read the Bible so easily these days. You have the Bible as the Bible in pages that you flip. You have the Bible on your iPad. I'm going to be using my iPad this morning. You have the Bible on your phone. On the computer, you have the Bible. And these days, you can watch a video of the Bible, visual Bibles. So it's a good time to be alive. (laughs) It's so easy these days, isn't it? So you can plug in your um, your, your phone on the train and be listening to the word of God. It's so easy because it plays into your ears. You don't have to look and, and strain yourself any longer. It plays into your ear so that there is no excuse for not reading your Bible. I met a guy recently, um, not, not so recent, and I said, oh, what are you doing? He said, he's a new convert. He said uh, he's studying um, he wants to read his Bible. 
very well and be, and be well versed with it. I said, so where are you now in this reading of your Bible? And he said, oh, I started from Leviticus. I said, well done to you. <laughs> you know, I, I told him, when next I see you, I'm going to ask you where you are at because I'm sure you'll still be in Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he said, it's a great place to, to, to start reading your Bible. Now, From the, from the book, the first thing we're going to see, which um, the book tells us in uh, 19, was um, stop and read the word. And it says, W, what does it say? What does the word say? You can only read to know what it says, isn't it? Until you read it, you will know what it says. And the Bible starts by you loving what the word of God says. That's the first thing. That's the first step. You need to love it, to know what it says. And I'm going to use Daniel as an example. Daniel chapter 9, from verse 1. It says... In the first year of Darius, the son of Xerxes, the king over Babylon, a Chaldean. And in verse 2, it says, In that first year of Darius, I, Daniel, knew by the word that the years of desolation, the desolation of Jerusalem is only going to be for 70 years. How did he know? He says, I, Daniel, I knew by the word. New King James says, I, Daniel, knew from the scriptures the word of God to Jeremiah, the prophet. So Daniel has been reading from the book of Jeremiah to know that the desolation of Jerusalem is going to last for only 70 years. And in verse 3, he went further. He said, so I gave myself to prayer. So if you look at the process, he knew what the Bible says. Then he gave himself to prayer. And the rest is history because God will always listen to, we always do what he promised to do. He says by two immutable things, it, is, it became impossible for God to lie. When he went into prayer, he went back to God. He rent himself in sackcloth and said, God, this is what you have said. How do we go from here? And God says, yes, I said that. I will do it. And he did it. So the first point to look at is, what does the Bible tell us? What does it say to us? In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, it says, my son, pay attention, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying." Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. You need to discover what is written in the word. To go anywhere. What is, the, what is God saying? What does he say? I've had testimonies of people that will say, look, um, when that situation came, all I did was to go locate that situation in the word. And I took it back to God. 
God, this is your word. And I will encourage you, try to know what the word says. If you go to the doctors and they say your blood is beginning to shoot high, high blood pressure or something, try to see what God says about your healing. You need to dig into the word. What does it say? When you know what it says and you go back to God, God will not deny himself. He will do what he says. Because, like I said before, it is impossible for God to lie. That's the first thing. What does he say? Then the next step is, what is the original meaning? Please, when you study the word, try to contextualize it. At that time when the word was spoken, what was happening at that time? Are there things he said before that needs to follow? I mean, that is preceding what I'm trying to do. Try to contextualize it. I'll give you some examples. As Christians, we have all been through this. When it comes to prosperity, Philippians 4.19, we even sing this song, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Yeah, it's good to sing that song. But that scripture, can we contextualize it? Bring it back to context. You can do that easily when you see a promise. Go back. Our book here, the book says you can do 2020. 20 verses before or 20 verses after. Then you see the context. In Philippians 4, 19 that we sing, my God shall supply all your needs. That was the prayer of Paul to the Philippian church. But they did something before he prayed that prayer for them. So if we go back to verse 14, it says in Philippians 4, 14, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared my distress. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice. These guys are working. Well-pleasing to God. And now 19, he prayed that prayer for them. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. You see, if we just take out that particular verse without conceptualizing it, we'll be saying God has not provided our need. No, but there's something to do before you get to that place. Another example where it can be posed is Malachi 3.10. It says, bring all tithes and offering into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And the verse after, or the, the, the one after says, if I will not open, and try me now, it says, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, 
if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will be no room enough to receive it. Most of the time we run and say, God, you say I should try you. You open the windows of heaven. Father, open the windows. No, 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 no. Where is your tithe? Have you paid the tithe? Where is the offering? Have you paid your offering? So that you, you, need, to, you need to put these things into balances. And there are so many promises in the Bible that there are always conditions attached to it. There is something, a role for you to play. Because God is not a magician. He says, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You need to be willing. You need to be obedient before you can eat the good of the land. So there is always a condition. So please, when we are studying the word and we read it, the next thing is to, what is the context for this word? Does it apply to what I'm doing? Does it apply to where I am? The Bible says, if two of you shall agree on a thing, and it says on earth, so that if you are in the moon and two of you make an agreement, God is not bound. He says, if two of you shall agree concerning one thing on earth, so if we are on earth, we will agree and God will be bound. But if we are in mass, people are praying to go one way to mass now, where are they going? They won't be bound. God will not be bound at that point. So we need to contextualize things. What is he saying and what is the original meaning? The next one was about our reveal. And um, that is very important. What does that word reveal about me or reveal about God? You see, it's good for us to know who we are. And it's good for us to know who God is. You know, I love that song, Good, Good Father, that we used to sing. It says, he's a good, good father. That's who he is. And he loved me. I'm loved. That is who I am. Yeah? So when we know the role of every individual, then there will be no, there will be no quarrel. There will be no, there will be no dissension about it at all. What does the word reveal about God to you? Who is God to you? What has he promised you? Where has he promised to take you? Has he said something to you? Now, when you know who he is, you'll be able to obey. You'll be able to follow him. Look, if my daughter tells me, Dad, um, I'm going to take you to New York City. We're going to go to Manhattan and see some jazz shows. and da -da -da -da. You know, she doesn't have the money. She's only a level student or something. How, how, how will she do it? You know, I, don't, I know she doesn't have the resources to take me there. But when God says, I'm going to do this, and you know who God is, you know who God is. When there was no way again, when the children of Israel got to, to, to the Red Sea, there was no way. In front of them is the Red Sea. Behind them is the chariot of Pharaoh. There's no way again. God made the super highway in the middle of the sea. That is classy. <laughs> now, if you know how big your God is, there was, there was an experience I had a few years ago. Um, um, one, of, one of my friends, I, I must have shared this with some people before. We're colleagues, we're working in the bank. 
And then the branch manager came and said some things to him. And um, this boy at the time, we're just 20 something at that time, he was, he was really, really distraught and everything. And he said, but I'm a child of God. So he went to me and said, look, we know you're a child of God. Just take it and just. He said, no, that God must inter- intervene in this. So we just calmed him down and everything. We all went home. The next day when he came, he was full of smile. And we said, hey, Shock, what's up? Are you, are you okay and everything? He said, it's okay. That God assured me he's doing something about, the, about, about, about this matter. <laughs> okay. We all went back to our work. I don't know how it happened, but that night, usually the clearing bag comes. You know, the checks you pay in goes through clearing. So that bag for clearing comes. For bankers, you understand what the clearing bag is. The clearing bag comes, and inside that bag is the letter that transferred the branch manager away from that branch to somewhere else. Now, I don't know what happened between the day we left him and the next day that the clearing bag went, but he told us in the morning that God assured me he's doing something about it. I do, look, since that day, my perspective changed about him. My perspective changed about God also. That God can be so quick to act. You know, my perspective, I knew that, look, I'm serving a God that is worthy check. I mean, any day, any time, I'll tell God, look, I will jump into it. You save me. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll jump into it. And the last part of it is um, reveal. No, do. What are you going to do about what you have read? What are you going to do about it? If God has called you righteous, are you going to take God as his words, at his words and say, yeah, I'm righteous. Because the Bible says we are the righteousness of Christ, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are you going to take God at his words? In Luke chapter 5, and um, Simon Peter, they've gone toiling for the whole day. They've been trying to fish. They've gone toiling for the whole day, the whole night they have, they, they've been there. Then Jesus came in the morning and asked them, have you caught anything? <laughs> Simon said, look, nothing. The fishes are not here today. They've gone to Africa. <laughs> you know? And the Bible says, Jesus told Simon, cast your net to this side. And Simon said, look, Master, we have told all night, but at your word, at your word, then it did something. It threw the net to that side. And the fish that went away, they all came and gathered. In that place, at that time, that moment. And the Bible said, they caught so much that even the net was breaking. And that is the God we serve. When you read the word, what are you going to do about it? You know, yes, it's well contextualized. You know who God is. You know who you are. And the next thing is, what do you do about it? 
I can tell you one thing. If we have followed through all this process, for me, if I follow through all this process, I mean, I've, 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 I've done the whole thing like that, and I'm sure, yeah, there is nothing missing. I'll take it back to God. Father, this is what you said. The Bible cannot tell lies. Your word cannot tell lies. And you won't deny your word. So, what are we not doing right then? Are we really studying the word? How do you study? Is this something you just do, like snacking on the word of God? You know, whenever you see it, oh. You see, but the thing is, to be, to be honest, to study the word is a bit difficult because like any important thing, it takes intentionality. You have to intend to do it. Why is it that when you're studying the word is when you begin to fall asleep? It takes intentionality. And I know some people will say before you go study the word, pray and get ready to study. You know, some people will say, look, um, do it this way or do it that way. I will say, do it the best way that is comfortable for you. When I want to study the word, because these days it's so easy, it's on the video, it's on my phone, it's on my iPad, it's on my computer, it's on my everything. You know, if you belong to, some, to the older generations, they want to flip the pages, they want to fill it, you know. Even though I don't belong to that generation, to be honest, I still want to flip the page, you know. Because I like to, I like to write inside my pages. I like to do things like that. I like to put it there and just say, yeah, God spoke to me about this today. And mark it and put a date there. You know. But, to be honest, instead of me listening to some jazz when going to work, I put my headphone on. When you see me on the train, I'm listening to the word. I like to read the synoptic gospel. I like to hear the synoptic gospel on the train. Try it. It's fantastic. Because it's just a story about what is happening. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You, you, you put it in your, and, and you're, you're, the story is going on. You won't even know the time you get to St. Pancras. Because, 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 I mean, you're enjoying your deeply in that, in that place. So I do read my word that way. You know, I'm not like my wife, for instance. She reads the Bible every year from cover to cover. I don't know how to do that. You know, I can do that. You know, but some people are so diligent, they can read cover to cover. But I can do it by listening to it in my car. We had Bible on tapes. If you, if you, there, there was one time we had the Bible on tapes about 32 tapes. You can play it in your cassette, in your tape, in your car. Now we have CDs of Bible that you can do in your car. And when you want to do some serious studying, then you can actually go deeper. When God speaks to me about one thing, I want to go deeper into that word. Then I'll go and bring out my Dick's Bible. You know, some really deep studying to do at that point. And that's the way, that's the way I study. Go with what, what, what matches with your, with, your, with your mind, with your, with your type, of, type of person. And um, some nature, I mean, the nature of the word of God, the Bible says faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. You build up your faith when you hear the word of God, when you study the word of God. You build up your faith there. And um, again, it's about your eyes of understanding being enlightened. That was the prayer of uh, Paul to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 1 verse, uh, verse uh, from 16. He was telling them, I do not cease to pray for you. I thank God for you all the time I think about you. And he now mentioned the prayer he prays for them. He says, that your eyes of understanding being enlightened, that you may know the purpose of the calling. The hope of his calling. What are the riches of, his glory, of the glory of his inheritance in this saint? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Three things. That you may know your purpose. Then your possession. And now the power that you have in God. But first, your eyes of understanding must be enlightened. And how do you get that enlightened? By digging deep in the word of God. Amen? In John 6, 63, the Bible says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. It says, the word that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But the word of God endures forever. Now this is the word of God by, by the gospel preached to you. That's 1 Peter 1.25. And now, to finalize everything, I would like to tell you about Joshua 1.8. When Moses died in Joshua chapter 1, and Joshua was now the one to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And God kept talking to Joshua and said, look, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous. But when he got to verse Eight of Joshua chapter 1. He says, this book of the law must not depart from you. Must not depart from your lips. Thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. And that is the way it is. And it tells Joshua what the result would be. You're going to have good success you're going to prosper and have good success. But this book of the law must stay with you all the time. You must meditate upon it day and night. And um, really, I don't know where we are at in this journey with God, but the word of God is a big deal in working with God. The word of God is a big deal in whatever we do with God, knowing who he is to work with him. That's why when the, only, the person that made this microphone, when he sold the microphone, he gave a manual with it. If you don't follow the manual, you don't know what to do. What is this? I don't know. It looks, it looks good at the top, looks round at the top, looks, but what is it? I don't know. But if I go through the manual, I will know exactly what is meant to be doing. Oh, you don't use it to break people's head. You use it to speak. Oh, okay, it makes sense now. The same thing with the Bible. God has given us the word to show us the way to know who he is, to know who we are. Then we can work together in that communion. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to pray. And I tell you something, in case you're here and you're not born again, 
you don't have a relationship with God yet, I'll tell you, it's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Because I'm talking about a God who loves you even before you loved yourself. In 1 John 3.16, it says, while we're yet sinner, Christ died for us. When we're yet sinner, Christ died for us. If you don't know him today, I think it's about time you know him. You can talk to the person that brought you in here today, or grab me, or grab any of the elders, or grab anybody that you think, this one looks like somebody that knows him. <laughs> and they'll be able to explain to you, and they'll be able to pray with you. I want us to stand up so we can pray. Please. Musicians can get there and just play for us. Thank you. I want us to raise our hands to him. Knowing who we are, we have our limitations. In case we are struggling with studying the word, we've not been doing it. Let's tell him, God, I'm struggling in this area. The Bible says we have a God who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He's touched by it. Let's talk to him and say, God, this is where I'm at. I may have been shortchanging myself, not knowing what your word says about my situation. But please, Father, have mercy on me. And give me that mind, that boldness, that confidence, that ability to be able to study the word. To stay in touch with you in the place of the word. Yes, Lord. It's okay to speak to him. It's okay to, 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 to speak out loud to him. It's okay to just say, God, help me in this area. Yes, Lord. If you praise, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, let your anointing for the word come upon this people, Lord. Your anointing for the word, oh God. The hunger for your word, oh God. Father, create in me the hunger for your word, oh God. To live, to breathe your word every day, every minute. Create in me the hunger for your word, oh God. Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, we need your help. Mm. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, we need your help here. You'd be really concerned if your kids were just eating on snacks for their main meal. Because over time, they become, they, they just, they wouldn't be healthy anymore, would they? They really wouldn't. Tracy, do you want one? <laughs> no one. It doesn't replace meals, does it? Do we all agree on this? We do, don't we? If we're going to... We're, we're on the edge of something, church. Toes.
Troops can't march on an empty stomach. And it really is time for you to stop snacking. On God's word. It really is time. That's what Lecky has helped so well this morning. Stop letting snacks be your staple diet in the word. Because in doing so, your life, your spiritual life and your life will be transformed because you're getting in the nutrients that God created you to function with. Amen. Amen.